The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Coming up on this Money Beat podcast, is Smart Beta a dumb investment? This is Money Beat. Everything you need to know about money and the markets, and then some. Now, Financial Food Fight. Welcome to the Food Fight. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser here with you. Packed studio today, folks. On my right, we have Spencer Jacob from Heard on the Street, the Heard on the Street team. Uh, across from me, we have Chris Diederich from Barron's, replacing Jack Otter. On the phone, as always, Chuck Jaffe from Market Watch. Big pack. We needed to bring in some heavy guns because uh, we're, 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 bringing, we're bringing in the sexy today. This is a hot topic. Well, we're talking. We're going to talk smart beta, so we have to bring in some smart people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that why we brought these guys bon, in? Bon. I thought it was because they were hot. Well, I thought we were talking about dumb beta. Sorry. <laughs> there, isn't no, that? Well, can, I, can I leave now? <laughs> we wouldn't. We wouldn't need you if we we're talking about dumb beta. Dumb beta, we can do on our own. Smart right. beta, that's a little, little more difficult. Uh, th- this is interesting news today. Paul and, owns and, a dumb. Yeah, well, hey, we want for me. Uh, this is interesting news today, and, and you guys are, some of you guys follow this, especially you, Chris, and, and Jaffe, so we want you to weigh in on this mostly. Uh, Fidelity, everyone knows Fidelity, big mutual fund giant, right? Uh, they are trying to get into this so-called smart beta ETF craze. They announced this today, right, that they're going to release these these six smart betas ETFs? Yeah, that's exactly right. So you had Fidelity file with the SEC for what will be these quote-unquote smart beta. What does that mean? Good question, right? Because it's this really sort of confusing name. But all that is is it's an index fund, right? So Fidelity is known for big stock pickers, Will Danoff, Contra Fund. These are index funds, but the indexes, rather than just sort of pick Apple and Amazon, the biggest companies, weight them like that, they'll arrange the index so they're companies that are profitable, companies, stocks that are low, have low volatility. So it's it's an active-like index that is nonetheless an index, right? So it doesn't sound too sexy, although I did hear in line- I was, Chipo- trying, to, I was trying to, you know, yes, yeah, <laughs> dress yeah. the segment up a little bit there. By Get this, though. I was waiting in line at Chipotle the other day, and I overheard two guys talking about Smart Beta. So really? It's, it's at the least- one, Now, this is the Chipotle across the street? That's right. That's in Midtown, New York. So by the way, by the way, right. like, serious question. What are you doing in Chipotle? I'm buying the dip. <laughs> Buy the dip. There's no line over there. I haven't been- You're literally buying the dip. Literally buying the yeah, dip at Chipotle. Interesting. Uh, Chuck, what do you make of this whole smart, smart beta craze? Well, the really interesting thing is going to be what happens next. Fidelity has been very calculated in going into the ETF space because it's not necessarily what Fido does the best, but they are still a very big dog in the in the fund world. And although the filings didn't show the fees, there's very little doubt that they're going to come in. This is really their second big move into ETFs, but it's their first sort of doing the smart beta thing. And you're going to see a lot of other stuff happening. Franklin Templeton is basically ready to go on doing some smart beta ETFs. And we've seen Janice, Leg Mason, John Hancock, Goldman Sachs, and a couple of others, J.P. Morgan, they've all launched smart beta ETFs in recent months. And smart beta, you know, you guys were going dumb beta. It's not 
dumb beta. Remember that beta is basically a market return. And what they're talking about is let's find another way to recook the market. Let's, instead of weighting the S&P by market capital, let's equal weight the market. That's a smart beta play. Or let's do the low volatility stuff or the momentum stuff, which Fidelity is doing low vol and momentum or quality or value or whatever they might do. It's not the beta that's the question. You know, the whole thing is, oh, ETFs are better. The real problem is not beta. Alpha, which is, hey, if you're a manager, do you beat the market? Do you add something? Alpha is what investors are seeking. You're looking to find a way, could I manage my money smarter and beat the market? It's stupid alpha that you have to worry about. You could have the best beta fund in the world, the smartest beta fund anybody can come up with. But if you manage it wrong by just trading in and out of it, you're stupid alpha and you will right and that's and that's why it's so ironic right you have fidelity coming out you know jumping into the pool basically because all the cool kids are doing it you've got over half a trillion dollars of you know quote-unquote smart beta out there and you know yeah so you there's no such thing really as dumb beta we were just joking about it there's beta right beta is just you own the market you know you own an index fund and uh, if Apple goes up 10% and ExxonMobil goes down 10% this year, then you own 10% more Apple and 10% less ExxonMobil. You just, you're along for the ride with the market. But there's no guy who puts on a suit and goes to an office every day who gets paid a lot of money to pick those stocks for you. It's, you're, you're just passive. And back when the first index fund was launched uh, in the mid-'70s by John Bogle, Fidelity, you know, the, this Edward Johnson, who ran Fidelity, scoffed at it. He said, why would anyone want to just track the market? You know, you, you want to beat the market. That's the name of the game. I mean, that, you know, I'm, I'm almost, you know, to, com, you know, completely quoting him there. And now they're admitting that not only do you want a passive product, you want a, a better passive product than everyone else. Uh, and, you know, I, I guess they're going to have, like, like Chuck said, low fees to lure people in because they want to make a big splash. But aren't there a lot of, you know, I mean, people think of these... There's a lot of criticism of smart beta out there. I mean, it's sort of a selling point, but but in fact, they're just adding a little bit more risk to what you're investing in. Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, you can. So the the thing is that I think it's a, it's a coverall term, right? And it's a big fad now. You look at at something like equal weighted funds, right? Um, you know, those do make sense, but those aren't aren't sustainable. So instead of you know, there are 500 stocks in the S and P 500. Instead of owning 250 times as much Apple as whatever stock is the you know the least valuable of those 500, you're going to own an equal amount of, of them all. Well, guess what? You can't really the fund will explode if you put a lot of money into it because that company that's the 500th company is not that big. Uh, or you can weight them by profits, or weight them by sales, or weight them by anything. Uh, it's been shown though that if you do that, if you don't just buy more of what just went up and and own less of what just went down, you'll do a little bit better over time. It's it's you know I think the academic evidence for that is pretty good. I think as I look at the smart beta space, and I think Chuck hit on this before, there is academic research that supports a lot of these strategies, but the key is holding it over the long term. And uh, the problem, and Jack Bogle and others have highlighted this, is people don't tend to do that, right? Everybody has these behavioral quirks where they're going to buy low volatility at exactly the wrong time and sell it at exactly the wrong time. And I think that's the really confusing point, especially if you look at what Fidelity is coming out with, things like low volatility, quality, momentum, all of the same buzzwords appear in every single one of these new offerings. And it's, it's just this inundation of 
products, and, and people well, need to know how well, to use them, right? And one of the things, I mean, it sort of speaks to your point. It's like a lot of times these the, these things to be tracking past performance, like the things that people have sort of caught hold of in the market and not what's going to be driving the market in the future. Hey, uh, I have a question for Chuck. Chuck, did you refer to Fidelity as FIDO? Yeah, I'm in Boston. That's is, what they're known as. Is that what the Brahmins up in Boston call these the things? Dog. Do you have nicknames for? Do you have nicknames for all the big funds? No, not not really. Fido is the big dog. Fido is the big dog. Everybody in town would know exactly who you're talking about. So if, if I was at Chipotle like across the street, talking about the mouse. Yeah, if I was at Chipotle across the street with Dieterick and we started talking about Fido, do you think Dieterick those guys would have known? Uh, probably not, unless you were having a discussion about mutual funds. Then maybe that would have been a giveaway. <laughs> But I, I do think there's one thing getting back to this. You know, we talk about fund companies doing this. Here's the really interesting thing. The move towards ETFs and away from active management has basically made money management that much more of a commodity. It's kind of like buying spaghetti where you can go in and find six different boxes at the grocery store shelf, and there's a little difference in price here, and you might have a perception of one versus the other, but it's basically commoditized everything. What smart beta actually allows you to do, because everybody goes, oh, well, smart beta allows you to own an index in a, that's built in a different way that's a little more active, and you're doing it at a great cost. But you're actually paying more than you would for the traditional index. It's actually a way for them yeah. to bring you an index and charge you more. <laughs> and then the other thing about this is that, you know, as you look at it, I don't think anybody needs to go, oh, I've got a traditional S&P 500 index. Do I need to change? The answer is no, you don't. But what nobody's been able to answer for me in all the times that I have talked to them about this subject is, you know, let's take a look at my youngest daughter just graduating from college. And if she wants to go buy an index fund today, is the best index fund for her to buy constructed differently than what would have been the best index fund for me, which back in the days would have been the first index fund because I'm mm -hmm. that old. But that's the basics of it is that I think today if you're looking at an index fund and you said, okay, I have nothing in my portfolio, I want to start with an index fund, you might be likely to start with a newfangled product as opposed to a legacy index like, here's a classic S&P normal fund. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's drop it there. We have to take a break. We will take that break, bring you this important message, and we'll come back on the other side. I'm Veronica Dagger. Do you want to know how the rich invest, spend, and protect their money? Then listen to the Watching Your Wealth podcast. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts and find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Paul Venus, Stephen Gross here. Chuck Jaffe from Market Watch on the phone in Boston. Chris Dederick from Barron Barron's here. And Spencer Jacob from Heard on the Street here. And, and Spencer Jacob, I'm glad that you're here. Cause I'm, I want I'm, you I'm glad to, I'm here, too. I want you to hear this. Ah. Uh, <laughs> now you built it up too much. <laughs> Did I already do that? You're giving me a piece, listen, listen, me a piece of your a, mind. Okay, let's come back. Here, here's okay. you, know, you, you guys interviewed Alexa on your podcast the other day. Uh, lame. Lame attempt to follow what we did on our podcast, which was brilliant. Did you interview Siri? Uh, no, no. no. We, we, we tried to eat three pounds of cheese. Uh, that... Is like, podcasting oh, oh. that's podcasting magic, my friend? Oh, as long as as long as the word lame is being thrown out there, did you <laughs> succeed in eating three pounds of cheese? Exactly. I saw I saw uh, we, a large we, quantity of cheese in the newsroom hours later. We illustrated. I, we, I helped eat, and I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. We, I, it was, did you? I had I had some of it, so you know. 
I, I was okay. I didn't I, do too I, much. I, I you know, but I mean, you know, it's you know, you you guys did not we, do a good job, and that's three. we made podcasting history with. Three pounds of cheese. Okay, we didn't eat it. All yeah, right, it's a fine. Day, we didn't day get that it. will live in podcasting uh, infamy. That's, uh, but let's you know. let's also and talk about guys, the cheese that you bought too. It was good cheese, brie, blue cheese. I mean, come on. It's imp- uh, th- imp- those were Holmes's choices. Uh, my choices <laughs> were. Uh, listen, we bought good cheese, man. It looked good. It tasted. It was what, good. Was, was the, point is, about a the point French, is. The point is French cheese glut or the an point American is, yeah, exactly. Cheese glut, yeah. I mean, it was an American. You weren't buying glut. freedom cheese for God's sake. <laughs> Velveeta next time, okay? Yeah. You know. the, the point is, we did something interesting and creative. And you guys felt pressure. We were pet sounds, and you felt pressure to try to one up us. Well, I don't know. I think with we, I think it, it, it was more of like us being sort of you know risky and whatever because you know you don't know what Alexa's going to say. It's not like a, a tape recorder. You know, it's like some you know her brain. I mean, you know. She could have said anything. She could have said, brain. I'm just saying. You mean like, like, you mean like, what, like when you interview both a live you, person? Both you and David well, Riley need to step away from Alexa. Right. <laughs> How could you have done this without, like, did you plumb the resources of what you could get Alexa to say? You know, you just had the whole thing with Tay Tweets, right? The Microsoft Twitter bot that they had that yes. within hours was exposed to every horror that the internet could throw at her. Sadly, they were around the herd team, so they were talking about EBITDA and cash flow multiples and all yeah, did of those you, things. What, what? Seriously, you didn't really put Alexa to the test, did you? Well, I mean, we didn't. I mean, Alexa's like a PG-rated you know, robot. Like, we didn't, if that's what you mean, we didn't, like delve into well, appropriate, tweets, you know... Take Tweets was not supposed to be talking I'll, about, I'll, you I'll, know, I'll, Nazis or <laughs> any of the other things. No, no, no. Alexa, Alexa, do, Alexa doesn't roll that way. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was a good... We, we've First of all, copying you because we've been talking about bringing Alexa in for a while, but Dave was sure, too yeah, worried about sure. bringing his precious, you know, in you know into the city on the train. <laughs> and and then you heard our great to. cheese podcast and you thought, oh my God, these guys are killing us. How do we top Cheese, that? how do you top cheese? Well, I, I brought my my uh, my youngest uh, youngest son in. Um, Who actually knows that was, that was uh, more about uh, the markets than I think any yeah, of them. Bring your child was, yeah. to work day, and yeah, that was. Uh, uh, you know, I will tell you, Chuck, when when they had it down in the newsroom, I did try to test Alexa. I told Alexa to tell me a dirty joke, and well, it was some terrible joke about like a pig fell in the mud and ha ha ha. It was awful. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, is that I, I listened, aside from the fact that I found the, the whole thing just a bit creepy, like that movie Her, right, wasn't it? Yeah. The thing yeah. Where, yeah. where Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with the operating system. The flip side of it is that even when I hear computer voices today, they all remind me of this voice. Shall we play It doesn't make a difference. It, it does not. Somehow, they've only morphed a little bit to become more human than that. Well, what scares me, Chuck Jaffe, is that you have that right at your fingertips. <laughs> That's right. Well, what about the uh, Whopper? What about like a that was ha- the Whopper from War Games 1982? In case yeah. uh, any yeah. of you weren't born back yeah. then. Well, then there's of course there's the uh, the Hal Hal 9000, right? The classic. Dave, okay. don't do that, Dave. I'm sorry, right? Dave. I yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm struggling. I know I have it here. I've got. I'm just struggling to find it <laughs> on call. <laughs> that, that's why, an interesting. It's an interesting house you got there, one. Chuck. Meanwhile, I did have this one ready for you, Paul. But I said all the cheesemakers. <laughs> so you know, did what I could to at least uh, go on the side of the cheesemakers. What about let the cheese just, eaters? Let me just say, let me just say uh, calling in from Boston as I do each week, that uh, and doing my own my own daily show that. Um, that if you guys believe that good programming is, hey, we're going to eat three pounds of cheese on the air live, 
uh, French cheese. Uh, no, it wasn't French it, cheese. It, it, was, it was from New York State. But just, just it was American. Record, do you believe that American cheese would have sounded better? Like, okay, we're going to eat three pounds of Wisconsin cheese on the air. That's still not motivating me to tune in. Are you sure? Saying, guys. It was pretty good. I, 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 I complete, tell you, it was a pretty I good podcast. Agree. <laughs> Tiny, wasn't it a good podcast? I liked it. Tiny, you listened to both of them. Oh, no, don't put her on the spot. That's not, that's, you know, she's a professional. Yeah, she doesn't want to say it, but she's, she's, she likes she's, better. She's, I, I have, she's, I have no, to no, know, no, she's, so, you know. she, I can tell she's, she's saying money beat. She's saying it. She doesn't want to say it out loud. It's okay, Tanya. I get it. It's cool. But you want to say money beat. The question is, what do we do next? I just don't. The I, question I, is, what do we do next? Where? How do we? I, I kind of what's the next? Chuck, uh, I, I'm kind of with Chuck. I don't understand why you're so proud of the cheese, given that you couldn't finish it. You have to come up with something better than cheese. I mean, you call yourself American that day, How's and you that? couldn't eat three pounds of cheese. Well, this is the question. What do we do next? What, what do we do next? Uh, what, what is the next ratcheting up in this gimmick game? Wait, let's see if we can find an operating system that can eat the cheese and solve the nation's cheese problem. Oh, there you go. I think uh, you know an open source Lexus kind of thing. You know, we could we could find it. Yeah, there you go. We could find it. You know, I, I'm just just throwing this out there. I did that um, that piece on uh, on the chicken market a couple of months back. You know, poultry emotion. You know, you guys didn't. You know, a live you chicken. Didn't, you didn't think about having me. Yeah, a live have, like, chicken in fried the studio. Chicken. I love fried chicken. You know, no one. You know, I, I didn't. Well, I'm not going to kill the chicken what, in the studio and fry it up. But I, I mean, don't know. I don't know what they would have said if I had expensed like a bunch of chicken, like you know, sort of KFC, and you know, brought it in or something, right? I mean, the whole chicken pricing scandal of uh, 2016. But See. Anyway. Grocery, no. you know, you take too much vacation time. You got to be here when we plan these things out. So this is what happens. This is what happens when you take off, right? We eat cheese. You get a periscope video of like the desk for like twenty minutes. Yeah, the peri. Well, you know, look. So we had a great plan. We're going to periscope it. We're going to eat it live. The periscope thing didn't. I don't think a lot of people watched it though. But I don't know if it really worked so well because, well, you can't hold the phone and do the interview, Andy. I couldn't do everything all at once. I'm not like Shiva, you know, Shiva, the you know, God with all the. So. I had- like, all right, all right. So anyhow, uh, the point is, I think the point is that we're done. <laughs> it sounds like that's the point, right? Anyone have anything else to add to this this uh, ridiculous conversation? No. Blessed are the cheese makers. Blessed are the cheese eaters. And this is why we were calling ourselves dumb beta. <laughs> this is exactly right. This is exactly right. We could, could get rid of the beta, too, and just dumb. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. I hope you have a great weekend, and we will see you next week.